Listen in as the two business guys mastermind on the Tulsa massacre and what can be built that can't be burned to the ground. Enjoy. This business podcast, the two business guys mastermind uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. I don't think anything justifies that. So, hey, everybody, we are uh, back and the two business guys are masterminding today. And they were talking about the you know 100 year anniversary of a devastation of a uh, economic tsunami brought on by anger and fear and jealousy and all kinds of stuff. We're talking about the massacre in Tulsa. And, um, you know, we're the two business guys, you know, we like to solve problems. And, you know, when we were thinking about putting this show together, you know, we, we obviously can't, you know, do justice to all of the associated anger, you know, um, that is felt around this, um, shame that's felt around this, um, apology feelings that's associated around this. So we'll do the best we can to talk about this subject. And, you know, John has some points of view and we were talking off screen. And if you're listening to this, we were talking off mic about, you know, the momentum that's lost in terms of financial momentum. Now, you know, we look at the numbers from back then, 1.5 million uh, as it's reported in damage. And that's like 30 some odd million dollars in today's dollars. Uh, but the momentum that's lost, John, from having Black Wall Street, having a community where the dollar stayed within the community, where you had uh, uh, people of color buying from one another, right? And then you have, you have no questions of internalized oppression, right? That you may have today. Uh, why we won't buy from we, why black people won't buy from black people. Well, all this, you don't, you didn't have that because it was a community of people buying from each other. It was a community of people owning things. That's why they called it Black Wall Street. And, you know, as a black man my, myself, it's difficult to talk about that without getting an extreme emotional reaction to that. You know, and it just, so we, we, we wanna talk as much as we possibly can about this subject matter. Uh, and, and I think about what could we do? What could we build that could never be burnt to the ground? You know, what could we in 2021 and beyond, could we build that can't be burnt to the ground. And, and it got me thinking, John, about all the times when jealousy or all the times when fear made someone else react. Uh, and I think about all the stuff that's in the news now, the George, all this stuff that's happening, right? And it, it, it also made me think about like the NFL, you have a guy that says, you know what, I'm gonna stand up with my hand up and I, I don't want, I, I wanna not stand up for a national anthem that represents something that goes against a belief. And then they take this man's career away, burned it to the ground, right? And then all that came from that. They just about burned this man's career. Well, yeah, they did burn the career to the ground. So it was like another example, as I started thinking about it, another example of a means by which to take from you 
your ability to feed your family. But at the same time, I, I don't want that to, it, it, you, you can almost hear that they didn't want that to spread because they knew what could happen. The financial, if everybody did it and then it offended the fans, the fans would stop coming. And if the fans stopped coming, then they stopped watching the ball game, right? So they tried to burn his ability to earn his living to the ground. Another example, right? And from my perspective, I think, wow, you know what? In today's ability with cryptocurrencies, with you know the you know the, the ability to create create out of thin air like with NFTs, could something be designed that could not be burned to the ground? And I'm going to be talking more about this. I've got some other people that I had planned on talking with about this subject matter, um, and but the two business guys we're masterminding on a little bit of that today. John, what are some things that, you know, and I know it, it may be a sensitive subject for you, um, you know, talking about this, because I know, I know your heart when it comes to the Black community. I know, I, I know your heart. So it's got to be just as difficult to reconcile, you know, Absolutely. things Absolutely. of the past. Speak on that and, a little bit. And I, I had made a post um, earlier this week on Facebook. And uh, it, it was regards to, um, in 1999, there was an incident in a town called Tulia, Texas, where 46 mostly African-American and Hispanic individuals were arrested for being drug dealers. 46 individuals in a town of 300. Not one witness in the town ever said that any of those individuals had sold drugs to them. It was all on the um, the the account of a undercover police officer, one undercover police officer, mm. um, who had had a history of just telling lies um, and uh, not not being a good person. I mean. Uh, cheating the government and doing different things like that. And some of these individuals, this, it, this wasn't actually found out that this, this gentleman was giving a false confession until after three years, they'd already sentenced a number of these individuals to, to some up to 300 years in prison. Um, it took an act of the Texas legislature to exonerate all of the individuals, mm -hmm. um, which, which is ridiculous. And he never end up go. He's, he never ends up going to prison mm. uh, for that. And how many lives he affected and, and, and wrecked. And this is something, this is a systemic issue. And when we fail to say that it's not a race issue, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're being apathetic. Um, mm -hmm. We're trying to excuse our inaction. Um, and I think that's what we have done for hundreds of years as white individuals, because I truly believe that the number of slave owners, um, the number of people who believe that that was, was right, was a small percentage. However, the, the worst part about it is those individuals who who didn't believe this was right were too scared to to speak out. They were scared of you know their livelihood and what this would. And to mm -hmm. me, that's an issue. That's the apathy, and and it still goes on today. Where yeah. we see if it doesn't affect me, I'm not going to say anything because I'm afraid uh, that it's going to affect you know me or my family somehow. It's, I, I saw a bumper sticker. You know, and like I say, during this time, it's always a heightened, you know, time because it's just, it's anger, you know, uh, that you may feel, that I feel when I, you know, I read stories like this. And I, there have been times where I've avoided looking at certain stories because I didn't want to get pissed off all, all over again and have a difficult time communicating, right? But, uh, so... 
I was I saw a bumper sticker said no it wasn't a bumper sticker it was a sign in someone's yard and talking about Black Lives Matter and saying silence equals violence. So yeah, yeah. people that don't say anything, silence equals violence, right? And you think about the Tulsa massacres, you know, of of nineteen twenty one, and you you see the shows. And you get pissed all over again. And then you think, like you say, what? Why could this not be stopped? John, I was, I was, it was brought to my attention that this was a time when they were they were dropping bombs on this town. Yep, yep. Right? Now nineteen twenty one, it you know, was a crude bomb, but it was a bomb nonetheless. 30 Burned. some blocks, Randy. We're talking about 30 some blocks, yeah. over yeah. 1,400 homes and businesses, 10,000. In, in, in the numbers, I would imagine the numbers are far greater. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. Everything, everything that I read suggests that records were destroyed afterwards right. because they didn't. This they were didn't even hit to the. Silence it. This didn't hit the textbook, the history books, until 70 years after it happened. Yeah. And that's another thing. When we say, well, we learned in history class, well, just because you learned it in history class doesn't mean that that's the way that events actually happen. Exactly. Yeah. So um, these books about the Tulsa, um, you know, race massacre, uh, you know, of 1921, they, those are, some some of those books run through an editor, right? Mm -hmm. The editor has to say, right? And I know we're book writers, and sometimes our editor says, "Yeah, we shouldn't say that. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't put that in. Oh, this is going to be a problem." And then these books then don't totally represent what was all there, but but you can't deny mass graves. You can't deny. The momentum lost, the Tulsa massacre of 1921 was a momentum killer, people killer. It was uh, a, it, I, it never ceases me. It never ceases to surprise me of man's inhumanity yeah. to man. Yeah. It, it just... It Right. And that was the, that time. And we've seen it. I've seen it as a, a, a black man. I've seen it throughout. Right. And it just, I, it's devastating, not just on the economic side. Right. But relationally, it becomes a, a point of, again, anger, all these different things. Right. So, from the, a business standpoint, we could talk about, again, the momentum loss, the, the monetary momentum, let's call it monetary momentum that's lost from that action. Um, but imagine Black Wall Street. I mean, imagine a community that serves as an example of what's possible, you know, within a community. And, and what... What I keep going to and everything that I read is the excuse is just that, is an excuse on, on why this was done. It was an excuse because to me is this is one of the most affluent communities in the entire country. I mean, this is affluence. I mean, you're talking about individuals that own um, train stations and airplanes. I mean, this is... Yeah. Wealth, wealth, wealth. This is this is high level wealth, and and what I picture around this is a lot of, like you said, jealousy. Um, people around saying, "Oh, there's all this wealth centralized," and and when you read Randy, one of the fascinating things that that I came upon was one dollar would circulate in that community almost entire year before leaving. Right. Right. Nowadays, nowadays it's, you know, six hours um, right. Right. and the power that that has behind it. I think, you know, the excuse was just that this was, hey, we're going to come and 
this is this is not ours, so you can't have it either. You know what I mean? The, brutal, the brutal jealous. massacre. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, exactly. You can't, you cannot, you can't, you can't leave this to an excuse of of what it was left to. That's why I don't even want to mention, you know, what that reason was because that's just ridiculous. Right. Um, and uh, like you said, I, like you said earlier, it's the reason doesn't matter as much as the fact that it happened. Yep. yep. We can get it, into the details and all that stuff, but that's not what this this conversation is about. This show is about the fact that it did happen, right? That that was the outcome and the devastation from it, right? And I, I've heard, I've heard um, the, I've heard white people throughout my life, you know, slam the whole 40 acres thing. We've all heard of the 40 acres and a mule, um, the agreement that was supposed to go into effect um, at the end of the Civil War, where um, former slaves were to be given uh, 40 acres of land yeah, yeah, to yeah. farm. And, and, and I've heard white people, you know, disparagingly say things in regards to that. Well, the memory is so short because European Americans were given 160 acres via the Homestead Act if they agreed to farm the land for five years. Yeah, yeah. And so we we it's like somehow we we miss that we glaze over that and we're just looking at hey, you know, 40, 40 acres. Yeah. You know, like I said, there's there's the devastation is is far reaching and, and and now there's there's guilt there's you know talk of reparations there's talk of so many things that's bringing about its own feelings that again begins to stop the communication you know i think there's currency in communication and when the communication stops so does the currency the opportunity and of course you know the two business guys we mastermind on all things business related and i i started looking at this and i thought you know if how would i go about solving the associated problems from something like this right um the is there a way that or is there something that can be built and created right and this is the way like i say sometimes having a business mindset, constantly thinking about business and trying to apply them to social situations, to apply them to to, to things. I, I, I keep coming up with, man, you know, just what if every single thing that we did that hurts another, it directly hurts us right away, that we could feel it right away, you know? And Randy, I would argue that it does we're just blind to it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I believe I believe that when an economy as a whole, not just a sector of the economy, is successful, it lifts all boats. It gives new opportunity to everyone. Yeah. And I think this is one of the but it's but it's jealousy that keeps us all bound down. Right. It's saying, hey, you know, you can't have that. And I'm going to give up some of what I have, so just to make sure that you don't don't have that, which is ridiculous, yeah. um, in itself. Right, and we hear the terms "cut off your nose to spite your face." <laughs> you know, yep. that the, the now that sounds like a silly thing, but like you said, when someone's willing to suffer themselves just to because of you know feelings that you have willing to affect yourself just to bring that other person down or community in this particular case down, you know, and if you listen to Dr. Claude Anderson, you know, he talks about in, in Powernomics, he talks like, and he's been talking a lot of years about ways to build a community, right? Within the black community, ways to build uh, a base. He talks about building the financial base digs into that quite a bit and you guys have to you know really get turned on to Dr. Claude Anderson if you don't know him by now um and and one of his famous re writings you know powernomics 
You know, it is a scaffold for something to be built within our community, black community. Uh, he talks about it and he's been railing against, uh, you know, against the machine, if you will, and, and being ostracized because it's strong language, you know? And that, like I say, when I start thinking about in the era we're in now, right? Could, what could be built that couldn't be burned to the ground, right? And that metaphorically and or actually, you know? And I, I started, I, I, I couldn't come up with an angle, John, that really, that I could, I says, okay, we got cryptocurrency, but then laws could be passed. Yep. Right? That could affect a whole area. Um, if a sector got too strong, well, let's break it up. It's a, it's a monopoly. Let's break it up. You know what I mean? So I, I can't, and, but I think it's worth the conversation. Right. Again, it's worth the conversation to be to, to, to figure out what can be built, you know, that can't be burnt to the ground. And I think, yes, this is possible. And I think that I, I think that's why the Tulsa massacre happened was because the white people in the area saw this as a threat. They saw black wealth as a threat, black success as a threat. And that's what ended up you know really stirring the emotions in the minds of of this massacre and taking it to that level i think i think claude's right i love his his uh high speed rail from atlanta to dallas you know stopping in um there was there were four stops atlanta shreveport louisiana i can't remember the other one and and dallas texas but where you build business around that, you build black business around that high-speed mm -hmm. rail um, that can take you from Atlanta to, to Dallas in, in two hours. Um, I think he called he calls that the the uh, like we call the Bible Belt, the kind of the Midwest, it, the Black Belt, um, and that that would help lift up that area. Um, which which has experienced a lot of economic hardship, mm -hmm. and I think I think it's a phenomenal idea. And he he talks about physical. Um, I know Randy, you're a you're you're I'm a you digital like guy. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm you're internet. a digital. You're, I'm a, yeah, all things <laughs> I, digital, baby. I still I still am a um, I'm I still like physical assets, and I think. You know, and he even talks about what George Washington says, and, and I've mentioned this to you: who has the land is who has the power. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think land is important, and I think that that is going to be something. I mean, if we look through the history of the United States, it was land that was taken from the Native Americans um, by white settlers. It's the white settlers who refused the 40 acres, the former slave owners, because they saw these things as fear. You know what I mean? I, and that's as, what I put down as a, as a note, John. Black success as a threat? Question mark. Are you serious? Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Right. But that becomes that continual question. I don't mean to you know, interrupt you, but um, that becomes that continual question, right? So when I think about what could be built in the digital space, uh, I think about Byron Allen, you know, buying the weather channel people love information about the weather right so he's bought an asset that um you know but then it, you can regulate that out of hey we don't want the anybody that talks about this on the air we'll shut it down we'll pass a law <laughs> right so you kind of go okay well what is indestructible right and in and, and my notes i'm thinking about i says what could be a level the playing field business, right? Something so good that it has to be, it, it, it just gets adopted despite who built it, right? So I think about stuff like that, you know, those, those kinds of businesses that have such utility, societal and, utility. And, that, and that's, I, I think you hit it because 
that's what Dr. Anderson hits on. He's like, we have to look at where are the dollars being spent? The, if, if we as a black community want to create wealth, you know, wealth that is unstoppable, then we have to own those assets that people are buying. So, you know, if it's, you know, transportation, then we need to own the transportation system. Um, right. and whatever, is, whatever it is. And this is, you know, when we're having these kinds of conversations, John, you know, people can't see, you know, the quotes that you're putting around the we, right? Because when they, and they see you, they go, wait, wait a minute, guy, you, you don't look like what's happening here, right? But this, when you're quoting, so when you jump into this conversation, you know, when John is saying we, he's talking about what Dr. Anderson is, is speaking about, right? The, the we-ism in how we as a community, and don't get, you know, you see my last name, you go, oh my gosh, this guy's, who, who's this guy? You see me, you go, well, wait a minute, your last name and the way you look don't match, right? Well, don't, don't get it twisted. <laughs> it's a brother over here talking. So, but, you know, and that's what makes it even more difficult, John, because when you do, when you aren't uh, an African American, when you you know a Black American, when you aren't of that race, that that doesn't mean you can't talk about it, that have strong feelings about it, and be just as pissed because of it, because of when you see this kind of thing happening, right? And we have to be open to have other people that don't look like us talk like talk about it, right? And I, I always like to say we, and I use that term pretty strongly when I'm talking about a situation, um, even if I am not that person, that community, right? Because I think we as a, as a, as a human race, right? We as um, uh, a society, you know, is and in certain other communities are strong on we. I, I used to always it used to amaze me when I would see someone of uh, Asian descent and the conversation that they would have around lifting up their community. Mm-hmm. You know, cars, support, uh, or money flowed back to all of this. The, you know, come over. We're gonna you know get you a job in our spot, all that kind of stuff. And you go, wow, that's that's massive support. What's, what's going on in our community, the African-American community, what's happening, right? And then we have all of these examples of things that were started and things were burnt to the ground in one way or the other, right? And, and just, can, let me interject something really quick. When you mentioned the Asian community, the dollar circulates in the Asian community now longer than it does in any other community. So that's it, it, and you're exactly right. And Dr. Anderson talks about that as well. He talks about, you know, you walk into um, a Chinese restaurant and they're like, no, we're not going to hire a white person. No, we're not going to hire an African-American person. We're hiring an Asian person. We're hiring people in our community. We only spend our money with um, Asian companies, those types of things. And that's why the dollars are keep circulating. Strength within of that a community. community. And then again, strength of a community. And you start thinking about, well, what's, 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 why do we in the African-American community have this internalizer? What's going on there? You know what I mean? Well, there's a, a momentum that's been broken so many times. You know what I mean? And, I can't remember where I was reading this, but, and I should be ashamed of myself that I can't remember this, but you talk, somebody was saying something about, well, you got a 400 year head start. Of course, you're going to have more. Absolutely. And I think, I think it was Dr. Claude Anderson talking about, well, imagine if you're running a race and it doesn't matter if you're Usain Bolt, uh, if some, if the head start is so great, Yeah. You're not going to make up from that, but that doesn't mean you don't run the race. You know what I mean? And that's so guys, when we wanted to talk about this subject and and we started asking, how can we interject into this conversation and this time and uh, uh, um, 
a financial conversation around it, right? My angle, of course, is like, what can we build that would be indestructible? And um, what can we build as community building? What can we build that, that you know, fights any feelings of internalized oppression? If you don't know what that means, look it up, right? Um, what can we be, what can be built and that has such great utility that is indestructible? It's unburnable, metaphorically or otherwise, right? And like John says, hey, I love to build things uh, in the, uh, uh, on the internet. I love to build things that are all things digital because I always saw that as a playing field leveler. They don't know what you look like on the internet, right? I mean, if you're building things, um, imagine if an African-American you know, created the, I, the iPhone. You know, and everyone says the thing works so well, I'm using it. I don't care who uh, built it, right? I think about um, one of the booking calendars that I use, Calendly, built by a Black man, right? Well, I use it constantly. Even, it's got great think, utility. Think about even some of the major successes in American mm -hmm. history that were created like... Uh, the the heart the uh for for an infant i can't remember what it's called but that was done by an african-american surgeon oh, he was they wouldn't even call him a surgeon though right because he was right. african-american yeah. he it was the white doctor that he worked with that he was far more skilled than that got the credit for that yeah See, it, look, we could go on and on and on about the contributions that despite something like 1920, the, uh, the massacre of 1921, the Tulsa massacre of 1921, despite that, we, we continue on, right? As black people continue on and continue contributing and continue having our feelings and uh, uh, stepped on, continue, you know, we, we're resilient. You know, I just, I just know as people, we are resilient um, and financially we're gonna be resilient, right? And like I say on this, as we think about this hundred year anniversary, uh, there's no celebration. Um, there's a, a recognition that despite it, we're continuing on. Uh, we are continuing getting back that momentum, right? Addressing this internalized oppression, addressing that and addressing the momentum that's lost and the injustices that continually get heaped down and moving forward. And like I say, I, I'm like a hammer that only sees nails. I only see things from the lens of business oftentimes. And I just think things, so many things can be fixed and corrected in short order through business. That's just how I'm wired, right, uh, everybody. So if you were listening to this episode- And I think if we were, if more of us were like that, Randy, mm -hmm. I think, and we paid less attention, you know, what someone looked like on whether or not we were buying something, it, we wouldn't care who created the iPhone. It would just be as success, successful as, right. you know, as Steve Jobs or, or whoever. I think that we let those things get in our way. We have let race get in our way for too long. Um, as not, it, it, and it goes, it goes back further than the United States. I mean, this is something that's, the, the jealousy of, of race and bigotry, this has been going on since the beginning of mankind. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it, it's, it, 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 this makes us weak. And when I say we, Randy is my brother. I believe that, that we are all connected. Um, I believe that it is our responsibility. And for me, if I were to say them, 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 well, that puts the responsibility solely on someone else and that means mm. that i have no part of that whereas i believe that the responsibility is on all of us to do mm. these do what's right 
Yeah, it's it's yeah, you're you're absolutely right, John. And like I say it's always a dicey subject um to talk about because there's there's a lot of emotion around it, you know. Uh, but like again, you start thinking about that uh, the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre and uh, all that it meant to a community, to a people, to a momentum, to an opportunity. I was dreaming of what could have grown from that. Mm just mm. dreaming, um, you know, and, and we hear a lot of people talking about Black Wall Street recreating. It's a lot of things that are happening uh, around the world with regard to creating that kind of environment. Um, you know, I think there was a big push real recently about, hey, let's get into stocks and bonds because that becomes an area somebody can't control, can't go and burn down, if you will. Um, Let's get into creating digital products because it, it uh, if they have great utility, people use them and they don't know, nobody knows how you look, you know, uh, and, and in certain cases don't care because, hey, okay, this is awesome. This is awesome situation. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are, that are happening around that, you know what I mean, to address that. And that's what I, I constantly think about. Uh, and want to have more conversations about that. I just like to solve problems. And if that's one of the biggest problems that's keeping communication from being real and realized, then let's build around that. You know what I mean? Let's create things of great utility where it uh, is mankind lifting and not mankind's cruelty to one another reminding. Right? So around that, that's, that's pretty much what I have to say that. Again, touchy subject, right? You start saying Tulsa Massacre 1921, you start talking about and uh, reading the books and watching the movies that are around that. And it, it just starts creating that groundswell of, of anger again. And then in certain cases, fear all over again, guilt all over again for people that said, I wasn't there, but I feel a responsibility for it. Uh, looking like I look, you know what I mean? So all that comes about again, right? And um, we just continue Rand to have conversation. Randy, I, I, I wanted to take a moment because I thought this was fascinating when I was doing the research on Tulsa is uh, O.W. Gurley. I think, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But in, he, he uh, moved to Tulsa and in 19... 06 African-American gentleman and he had purchased uh, a huge plot of land 40 acres I believe and this is what started Black Wall Street he mm -hmm. said this land where is only going to go to African-American businesses this was the foresight and you know I I thought about my the same thought that you were just talking about what would this have looked like it would have probably been an economic world powerhouse today if yeah. this would have never happened i mean o i w girly yep it he had great foresight and you're right i i wish that we you know that that black wall street tulsa existed today um without the effects of this because i you know i want to see what it would have morphed into because i think it would have been one of the great greatest cities in the world mm -hmm. and Tulsa, as a community, you just missed out. You lost out because you could have had, you could have been a world power in economic health and job opportunities. And the list goes on and on and on again. But when you destroy your own community, Tulsa, and, and I'm talking to white Americans thinking that they've only destroyed an African American community, you're hurting everybody. Yeah. yeah um, I, was, I was reading. Uh watching some some people that had you know, done some movies on 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 this subject and it, it, this is how they reference it you know black tulsa right and white tulsa right so uh uh and then um like you said john they kept talking about how the effects overall again man's inhumanity to man we see it over and over and over again 
and it touches upon your community and then you can speak from that lens, but the overall effect on us as a whole matters, right? It really does. And when you mentioned uh, O.W. O.W. Gurley, just imagine the vision, you know, he's, he's claimed to be one of the wealthiest black men and founder of the Greenwood District in Tulsa, Oklahoma, known as Black Wall Street, and what he envisioned for that community, right? Saying, hey, this we're going to take a, 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 a patch of land. I think it was, was it 40 miles? I can't, I can't, no, not 40 miles. Um, but I mean, the main thing is that he had that kind of vision. And we've got a lot of African-Americans now that have vision, right? And then you now have to put that vision up against, well, what's gonna stop it? Who's gonna stop it? What is it gonna be the circumstance behind someone coming in and stopping this out of jealousy, fear, uh, don't let them get too powerful, too rich, whatever. You know what I mean? And you start going, then what is lobbed at us to stop us? Anyway, we better stop there before I get too too excited and, and too upset I, and, and, and unable to go on. What, why this is so pertinent and, and is an issue for the, the two business guys in, in how it relates to entrepreneurship is simple that we have to, as entrepreneurs, we have to support one another. We have to encourage yes. one another. We can't let jealousy and those petty things get in the way because what we're doing is we're hurting all of us when we do stuff like that. Right, and we see people are willing to already hurt themselves, right? To cut off the nose and spite your face are willing to do it. So of course we've got to de-incentivize that behavior, right? De-incentivize that mob mentality. De-incentivize the creation of, well, this is why we're doing it kind of uh, uh, thinking, right? And imagine if we had more Black Wall Streets and what it could do for, you know, the uh, well-being of a community, right? And the reason why I had brought up this, this big term, internalized oppression, I was having a conversation with a very smart guy, a hardworking guy, and he happened to bring up that within the African-American community is this thing called internalized oppression, right? And I, I had said, man, Every time I talk to you, something amazing comes out of your mouth that makes me now go on this research journey. And I had heard it in a different way. I hadn't, I hadn't seen the term like that, right? But it really comes back, we won't buy from us. And why won't we buy from us? That's, inter you know, there's an internalized oppression that I believe that your quality or your product isn't as good because you look like me. Are you kidding me right now? And then you have the Black Wall Street idea and approach. Hey, we, we're in this community, we're buying from each other, <laughs> right? Because this is what we do. And now here, all these years later, we're fighting internalized oppression. Are you kidding me? If we don't have oppression enough that we got to fight the internalized, anyway, I can go on and on and on. You know, everyone, if you're listening to this, this episode was, you know, how it was really just about John and I wanting to mastermind, the two business guys wanted to come on and mastermind on what could we do businessly, business-wise, that would prevent a situation like this. Now, it's just to us, you know, we're just, you know, bringing this up. And if we, you want to have some more conversation about this, hey, drop us a line, you know, respond to wherever you're seeing this, if you're seeing it online or if you're hearing it. Um, drop some stuff in the comments. What are your thoughts? You know, what could be built that cannot be burned to the ground, right? Think about that uh, and give us your comments. We, we want to have more conversations around this. 
Uh, and it's primarily from how you respond to what you hear. If it excites you, if it angers you, all right, let's talk about it, right? Because again, like, like I said earlier, conversation could is a currency in itself, right? Because let's not let the currency of conversation uh, stop flowing, everybody, <laughs> right? Let's have some fun around being able to talk openly and honestly and uh, with one another and let that build something. Right? And this is the thing about, John, when we get on here, we're not just coming on saying, hey, we just you know, want to spend an hour and, and flap our gums. No, we want to solve problems. And this is a big one, right? If we could solve this, boy, I'd, I'd love it if, they, if we got credited with solving the problem around race because we're going to interject business principles in there right? And I've got this, my, one of my biggest platforms is that things can be solved using business principles. Because I know it helped solve me when I was coming up, right? I said, if I can just latch on to something that I can pay more attention to, then, then, you know, go in the wrong direction in life, right? Then it could save me. If I could just, you know, have something I can hold it, uh, some scaffolding that I can build that it can you know help me build personally, personal development wise. You know, so you think about a scaffolding that could be created, that could be built upon, that solves the problem. And like I said earlier, de incentivizes bad actions toward people that don't look like you, right? Two business guys wanted to come on and mastermind a little bit. John, is there's a couple of things you want to say before we get out of here? I think that we just, we have to become better human beings, all of us. And we have, the reason why it's important that we, we know history is because the history that, that we read in the books often is not the accurate history. It's the history that um, the oppressors want us to know, uh, but we have to do our own research and we have to do better at treating each other better, um, at partnering with one another and realizing that there's genius everywhere. Mm. And if, if we could take off the, the, the goggles that are filled with mucky water we'd be able to see um, just the talent and the wonder throughout all of humanity. I mean, all across the world. And I think that, that we would become better human beings and better economically because we would be able to work together um, better, better. It's life is a relationship. It's, you know, it, Randy, you and I both are, are married and whatnot. And human interaction is that relationship. And, and whether you're looking at it from economic principles or, or family dynamics uh, to mental health and, and whatnot, the, the welfare of the unit, which is the, our entire family unit of the sure, world, sure. you know, is, is backed on, uh, you know, how we treat one another uh, what we do, the value, the inherent value mm. in every single person, um, we could we could make this world such such a much better place, a place that is free from poverty, a place that is free from disease. You know, all all these war. I mean, I and you might think I'm a dreamer, but but think about think about it from the possibility of you know if we were created by this benevolent creator that we were created in the image of mm -hmm. we have the potential to you know to be better human beings to to forego jealousy to to you know to not just look out for ourselves um yeah you're right John. I, 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 I envision it just think if the Tulsa massacre of 1921 did not happen. 
step. Just think uh, if uh, the massacre of Black Wall Street did not happen, what it would look like today. Started in a community, right? And now here's something that we know from the pandemic of 2021 or pandemic of 2020, um, that we know something small can spread. And that, now that was in a bad way. Imagine if, uh, the, again, the Tulsa massacre of 1921 didn't happen and a community built spread, a community of Black Wall Streeters spread, right? And had the viral, virality of, a, of, of this, this pandemic had, COVID-19 had on the world. Imagine if that was in a good way, Black Wall Street principle spreading in a good way to community after community after community. And, and of course, not hurting people, but uplifting people. Giving Absolutely. people hope, community, right? Imagine that. Imagine if it had just, Black Wall Street had just been left alone, right? The just world doesn't, that. the world does not work off of win-lose principles. We have been, this is a mentality. These are business principles, right? The zero-sum game, right? It doesn't right, work right. that way. It doesn't, it does not work that way. And if we would just get that through our heads, that there's a win-win and when we are helping other people win we are going to win uh, um, i tell you with that john we can end on that if we are helping uh, say that again john that was powerful if we can help others win we are going to in turn win ourselves that's it okay guys everyone that's the show we'll see you next time and we'll be talking about something as impactful. We want your comments. Share your comments. Let's talk about this and let's continue on. Thanks again, John. Thank you.